They say that all in love is fair Oh, but you don't care You'll know what to do When it gets hold of you I'm sorry, what was that again? I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god, I'm not the god, I don't think. Because you survived a car wreck? You folks ready to order? I didn't just survive a wreck. I wasn't just blown up yesterday. I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. Oh, really? And every morning I wake up without a scratch on me, not a dent in the fender, I am an immortal. Special today is blueberry waffles. Oh my God, it's so exciting to listen to I Fight Dragons uh, as our official theme for graphically novel time traveling, this wonderful six-part series that uh, we are getting into. But first, before we get into the details on that, allow me to introduce my wonderful host, starting with uh, my partner, the, the guy that came to me, and suggested we do this crazy, crazy ass uh, experiment. And that is Mr. Will Asbill. Mr. Asbill, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, let's be honest, I send a lot of weird ideas to people. That's fine, that's fine. And every once in a while somebody is uh, stoned or drunk enough to be like, that is brilliant. And then we end up doing a month of planning and here we are. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and with you is your lovely wife, uh, Miss Ann Asbill. Ann, how are you? I'm doing fine. You ready to talk some time travel? You know, it's probably one of my favorite little offshoots of the uh, sci-fi genre. So Fantastic. I'm always down to talk about that. And auditing this episode, we're not sure if we can grab her for all six episodes. But uh, definitely this one is also my wife, the lovely and talented, the Baronessa, Miss Jennifer Howland. Hello, all. Happy to be here. And how excited are you about talking some time travel? Um, I'm interested. It's not, I mean, I, I can't claim to be as enamored of it as Anne, but um, we're going to be talking about some movies that I really like. So um, it's going to be good. Awesome. Well, um, I'm going to pull the Band-Aid off real quick and just say that this will be kind of our episode zero. Originally, this was going to be a five-part uh, series. But uh, we had to add this part after Will and I started talking about it because um, time loops. Are time loops truly time travel movies? Will, give me your thoughts, then Anne, then Jen. Um, honestly, in the concept of the time travel, or sorry, with, with time loop, it's an individual normally locked in at a certain point of time and cannot pass go until they resolve some kind of thing or things either externally or internally. At least that's what I've observed with time loops so far in movies and shows. So would you consider them time travel? Oof. If no, if no confirmation of technology or, let's say, supernatural means have been indicated that they were at a certain point of time and then they jump to another time and then they're repeating in a certain sequence, then it's time travel. But when you just have that particular moment of an individual having the reoccurring situation, 
at a localized source, that's just time loop. That's just time loop, no time travel. All right. And your thoughts? I would agree with that and then expound on it in that most time loops that we see represented are not a conscious choice of the one who is repeating this experience. So without that being the case, you can't really say that's travel because it's not anything that's being done on their part and they don't have any indication of what has caused this event to occur. So unless that gets broken, it can't really truly count as time travel, even though there's an aspect of it within the idea of a time loop. Jen? Yeah, I don't, I don't think time loops are time travel. Um, partially, um, I agree with Anne that there's no um, conscious effort to effect a time loop. And with Will, that the time loop movies that we've seen, um, generally there's some an action that needs to be taken or a change that needs to happen to end the loop. And when we've seen that happen, they end up not moving forward in time at all or back in time. You know, they're just at that moment where the time loop started. Yeah, so um, I thought about this as well, and I am also an English nerd, so it brought me back to uh, Kurt Vonnegut's book, Slaughterhouse-Five, and my theory is that a time loop is actually the same thing as being unstuck in time for just a certain period and having to repeat it until you get it quote-unquote right um, in one way or another, as we'll go into, but... I, I think I agree with everybody else where um, even in the instances where, as we'll see, there is a machine or there is some scientific reason, huge quote unquote there, because the science, as we'll get into, is questionable at best. Very large. I would call that hand wavy. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, running through the deflector dish. Um <laughs> But I, I I see it more as an unstuck in time. So you're a consciousness reliving uh, a particular day over and over. And this is backed up by the fact that the body does not generally carry over uh, wounds and things like that. Uh, so it's just your knowledge is the only thing that moves, not necessarily the rest of you. Almost like a reoccurring quantum leap without... The ramifications to history, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I also wanted to start a little bit uh, here, and I think uh, uh, anybody else jump in uh, by all means. This is kind of a free for all discussion. But um, the history of the time loop, I just looked up a little bit of it um, because there are some fascinating kind of points in history um, that some people say that uh, William Dean Howell's Christmas Every Day in 1892 was the earliest time loop story. Um, but other people basically says time passes normally in that story and it's magic forcing everyone to celebrate Christmas no matter what the date is. So that's not really a time loop. That's more of the same thing every day or the same event every day. Um, but the time loop concept in the first time that appears that I could find was in 1922's Worm Aroboros, um, which is at the end of a great war, the protagonist opt to have time recycle endlessly 
rather than settle into post-war lives of peace and comfort. Uh-huh. Um, which I may look that up. I'm not I'm not huge on like early 20th century literature. Um, I'm like I go from like late 19th straight to probably like mid 20th century. Um, but uh, that sounds pretty pretty interesting to me. Um, and then the next uh, conventional time loop story that would come around was 1941's Doubled and Redoubled, which is a man experiences the best day of his life and wishes everyone can be like, <laughs> could be like that, and a witch overhears him. <laughs> so I would be careful saying things in the earshot of witches. Uh, you know what? In this house, in True. my house, True. yeah, with uh, I live with a city witch, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's very, very true. Um, and then the first uh example I could find of time loop in film is called The Time Travelers, it's in 1964. I have not watched it, it's actually one of those uh, not really streaming anywhere. Uh, I would have had to dig it out, um, and we had some great movies to discuss otherwise um so we're just gonna go ahead and go with that um so first first time loop movie that comes to mind okay. i mean it's, yeah. it's kind of the og yeah. right yep it's the one that everybody knows the concept of it's the one that everybody compares to in fact most of the other films on this list even reference it as the explanation for what is happening to them um <laughs> uh Ann and Will, you guys just recently rewatched Groundhog Day. I've watched it so many times, I pretty much have it memorized. Uh, anything new after we kind of have watched all of these other time loop uh, ideas that are different for you now watching it? So when you're trying to be more consciously aware of what you're observing in a, in a movie or a show, they usually come to some kind of explanation of why a time loop is occurring. And in Groundhog Day, they never, there's never an explanation of why Phil Connors is reliving February the 2nd over and over again. Like nobody explains it, (laughs) which is fine with me because it's just a great movie anyway. But I was like, holy shit, like what initiated this technically for him? Was it talking shit about the the groundhog? (laughs) Curse of the groundhog. That was no groundhog. That was a witch. That was a witch. Damn it. Witches again. It was a witch's familiar. Right. (laughs) That's a a brave witch having a groundhog as her familiar. Right. (laughs) Better than a wolverine. Well, I mean, is it though? Or a badger. Yeah, a badger I would give you because they're... Yeah, they're Depends on if you're in Europe or not. True. Oh, it's true. Badgers in Europe are quite quite nice. They're adorable too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, Groundhog Day. Nothing's explained. Uh, you know, we follow our our protagonist uh, through what theories have stated is like a thousand years. Although the director came forth and said it was like a hundred. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although uh, I would I would say it's got to be it's got to be like a thousand years, right? A hundred is not enough time. I don't know how you guys' brains work, but to memorize all of the things like down to the steps of every person in that town with breaks to go mad and kill yourself over and over and over again. 
I would say that's the part that, because I really hadn't rewatched the movie since I was a lot younger. Mm. I knew it was a good movie. I just hadn't really rewatched it. And just the heartbreaking nature of his situation really resonates a lot more once you're grown. And it's just, I mean, I was crying. Like, yeah, it's true. I agree. There's, you know, I think the first time I saw it, I was much younger and it was just kind of a goofy Bill Murray movie, you know, where he was being Bill Murray and, you know, it really didn't, didn't uh, hit home, you know, how just gutting that would be to be in that situation. Yeah. And there's also something about these early nineties, late eighties movies where it's like, we're supposed to severely dislike this dude because kind of sarcastic, a little bit of a dick, but he's not like punching babies or anything, right? Does he really deserve to get stuck in a time loop for a hundred to a thousand years? Like, is that really something that we needed him? Like, did he deserve it? Lends credence to the witch theory. It does. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 well, and yes, and and uh, one of the early drafts of the script, an executive at the uh, at the the studio basically said as much, and wanted it to be, um, I'll say it politically correctly, a Romani curse uh, to be pla- mm-hmm. it, it, to be placed on him. So there was an entire like thinner subplot. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Probably probably better that it was never explained why it was happening. Right, right. And and actually, that was one of the two different script uh, uh, changes that I read about. The other one was, and I want everybody's opinion on this, is that originally Andy McDowell's character would reject him on February 3rd when he broke out of the time loop, thereby placing herself into her own time loop at the oh, end no. of the movie, setting up a sequel. Oh, no. Why? That's so mean. Because it was the yeah. 90s and everything had to have yeah. a seat. Yeah. Well, also, every everything had to be, like, unexpectedly dark. <laughs> like, Empire Records has an entire suicide subplot, if you don't remember that. <laughs> How can anyone not remember that? They have a whole damn funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so, so much. Like, wh- why? Why are you so dark? At the end. Speaking of like, movies, I've seen so many times I can repeat the scenes. <laughs> I tried to split my wrist with a lady big. <laughs> it's like the decade of the DC universe. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, uh, any other notes or anything on Groundhog Day? Any um, thoughts? Yeah. The yeah, it is really hard to like see why he would need to go through a time time loop, but like. I think he's in this point of like he's jaded or just tired of the rut of what he's in. And it's also the fourth year of being this Punxsutawney Phil thing. Uh, Maybe it's just he needs to go through a change of perspective, actually, what he's got in life and also grow as a person. I guess that was like maybe the overall message they wanted to throw into like a romantic comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Also, rom-com. Why? By all means, by all means, this movie should not have worked. On paper, this movie should not have worked to the to the larger audience that it has found. 
Well, and how much do you think that has to do with the actors in the movie and not the not the script or the the plot at all? I did not give her a script, but uh, thank you for, for proving my point because this was originally supposed to star Tom Hanks. Oh, God. That would not have worked. No. And it was only when Bill Murray was brought... Well, the studio... The, the screenwriter wanted Kevin Kline. Uh, the studio wanted Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks passed. They got Bill Murray, and Bill Murray was the one that brought on Andy McDowell. Okay. Uh, the studio... All, uh, the director, or, or Harold Raby, also didn't want it to be a comedy. Just wanted it to be a straight drama with Tom Hanks in a oh, time God. loop. I'm, I'm glad they made the adjustment because, yeah... Flipping the script on this with other actors just would have been kind of weird. Also, I there was a Ned Ryerson random YouTube video thing that was like, Ned Ryerson, the devil, 666. <laughs> I love it. Ned the whole time. I, uh, I had a, a ill-fated idea for Twitch that I did that we were discussing <laughs> the other day. And it was called Beyond Two Hours. And the idea was that uh, people would suggest a game that was on either the Xbox like network or the PlayStation network that was like, you know, one of those free with subscription that I mm -hmm. hadn't played before and I would play it. And it lasted exactly one session because I played two hours of Bloodborne. And uh, <laughs> I found myself, there was, out of all of it, I, would, I could take whatever path or whatever there was always one enemy that I would fight and like, I just got really good at fighting this one enemy so I could take care of him in like five seconds. So I kept dying over and over and over for two hours. But every time I went up to this one enemy, I'd go, Ned Ryerson. So it was, it was probably not also the best idea of like a Twitch stream because Really, I was not very good at the games or the game, and it was just me saying the same joke over and over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> Although, as we found out last night, it will still send Jen into <laughs> giggles that, like, she starts crying still when oh she remembers God. me playing this stupid game. Yeah, well, so it was not very successful because uh, Josh was not good at the game. He kept saying the same thing. And probably all you could hear on the Twitch stream was my hysterical laughter. Right. Constantly. <laughs> constant laughter. Yeah. Never got past the first boss. So I have a question, though. Going back to the casting for, for Groundhog Day. So do you think that the idea was they were shooting for something similar to, um, oh, what was the castaway? Was that the name of the movie? that? Were you stuck on the island? Yeah. So like that, like that, that, that kind of drama, yeah. but with a time loop, right? Like, but that's the problem is while I would not originally see if I had never seen Groundhog Day and somebody told me it's a time loop idea in a rom-com, um, I would kind of raise an eyebrow telling me also it's a rom-com or it's a, it's a time loop movie with Tom Hanks. And then at one point he just kills himself over and over, but there's no comedy in it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I think the comedy had so much humanity yeah. into the movie, too, and makes it more watchable. And also really lends to the whole idea of time loops being a metaphor for 
being stuck at a particular place or point in life. Like when he has that scene at the bar where he's like, can you imagine? And the, both of the guys just deadpan look at him and are like, yeah, that about sums it up and drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ab- absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, you need that levity to pull you back because like, okay, let's talk about the scene with the toaster um, because it really jumps out to me. On its surface, imagine that scene done straight. If it's oh. not Bill Murray, if it's not somebody that just naturally has a comedic... I mean, he can do straight, and he can do drama. We've seen that. Lost in Translation is a brilliant movie. But in this, he's very much in his quirky uh, comedy thing. Now imagine it with Tom Hanks going down, ignoring people, grabbing a toaster, and frying himself in a bathtub. People in the theater would be screaming. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not... You, you do not walk out of that movie the same way that you walk into that movie. Much like that puddle Bill Murray steps into so, so many times. Right, absolutely. <laughs> but yes, also also in what you said, just the idea of the monotony. Um, you have to make that funny. Because that monotony otherwise, is that message is really going to get through to the viewer. And they're just going to get depressed. Well, and it's not a drama, then. It's a horror movie. Okay. Well, we will get into horror movies in a little bit. But yes, um, absolutely. All right. Any other notes on Groundhog Day before we move on to our next time loop movie? I just like the fact that uh, Bill Connors goes from first day, then it's pa- then it's <laughs> a little confusion, then it's absolute panic and terror and fear. Then he shifts into nihilism really quick. Um, he's like, we could do whatever we want. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so this is a good point, And I do want to really nail this down. Do we know how quickly he goes to nihilism or does it just kind of seem like we're getting highlights? Obviously we're not getting every iteration. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're just getting highlights that sort of show the progression, but it's not a linear time situation because it would take a little longer than that, in my estimation. Longer than anyone would be willing to sit in a theater or on a couch for. Certainly. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, he times out when and how to steal a bag of money from an armored car. I'm like, holy fucking shit, bro. Fix your bra, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And, it, and he knows when people are going to choke. He knows that uh, a couple getting married or secretly... Uh, uh, having, A, having uh, uh, doubts about the marriage, but also that they really want to go to WrestleMania. Uh, (laughs) Like, there are so many details that are in this. Um, We didn't use the larger clip uh, at the beginning of this uh, after the I Fight Dragons theme, um, but that is the part where he immediately starts going around the diner and saying everything that all these people are that he's found out well to build that kind of trust you have to spend at least several days Mm a getting to know them getting the surface level and then figuring out how you can approach them figuring out how then you can use that knowledge and say i know you you know have this to get to their deepest darkest desires which he then very you know uh uh cavalier (laughs) in a cavalier uh, manner, just 
spouts off in the middle of this diner and everybody's cool about it. Hmm. Nancy? Nancy Taylor? <laughs> and so, she makes excited noises when she's really excited. Yeah. Um, she makes chipmunk noises when she's really excited. But yeah. So, uh, question here. Since at first he doesn't know who the fuck this woman is, and then he uses the time loops to gather an insane amount of information and then use that information to essentially con her into thinking like it's an old high school crush. Oh, that's like a one-off. Yeah, that's a one-off. Is that ethically wrong? Uh, I would, yeah, I would put it. But he goes from that to before I think he finally hits his groove of where he's able to break out of the loop. He goes from that sort of ethical soot gray if not black area into trying to karmically buy his way out of this (laughs) by getting good points yeah i i I agree that the i think one of the things that is in the central theme of time loop and and all the things that we're going to discuss today um there is a point very quickly where you get ethically gray all the these characters at least get ethically gray. Um, maybe the only example that we'll talk about that is not that is boss level, mm-hmm. but he's ethically gray from the beginning. Yeah. Well, you know, I would I would actually argue that in in Groundhog's Day he was ethically gray from the from the jump from the beginning oh, of God. the movie, and I think that going through that and and really kind of exploring his own boundaries of how unethical he might be he starts becoming ethical okay he he learns that that doesn't serve him anything it's like the good place with no chibi yeah right yes well and i mean on that note you know knowing yourself and and all of us are all four of us are people that i would think are very in touch with who we are as people at this point in our lives. And I'll go first. I believe it would probably take about six months worth of loops before I start. And I will get to the morally gray area before I'll get to the suicide level. Anybody else? Like, how long would it take? How many days, you know, how long worth of the same day over and over before you're like, I guess, the nihilism that Will was talking about. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. I guess I'll just see, entertain myself for a while. I would say three months for me would probably be a generous estimate. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. You're another Sith, and You and me. <laughs> you know? Because I'm saying, I get Jedi powers. Like, Ooh. Sith is pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be, I, I think that I would despair pretty quickly before yeah before that but then i would just it would be it would be nihilism i'd be like what does it matter if i do this or if i don't do this so i'll just do this today so on what timeline do you think how long would your would it take you to get to despair and how long would the despair last keep in mind you kill yourself you just immediately wake up i'm not sure that i would try that okay you know um, I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but I I don't know that I, I it would probably not be a very long time before right. I, I became a terrible person. <laughs> Will have you been sitting there thinking about this one? Oh, how long it would take before I got into nihilism? Yes. 
Honestly, uh, I think Palm Springs, I can't remember if it was Palm Springs or somebody, something else brought it up, but it's like, yeah, you could live the same day over and over again, but if you do shitty things to other people, you're, you're going to remember the shitty things you did. So why haunt yourself with that shit? Nobody okay. else is going to remember, but you'll remember. So you can I, really tell you were raised by hippies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Will, you're just the best of us. That's really what we've learned. Sorry. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. Will is better than everyone. We've, no, we've discovered this. <laughs> so um, I'm going to move from Groundhog Day and yep. move us along to Edge of Tomorrow. Um, okay. Jen, I don't think you watched them, did you? No, I... Tom Cruise, War. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, Will and Ann, did you watch this one? I did. I was in okay. the room. I'm sort of okay. subjected to Tom Cruise. Well, <laughs> and Will and I, Will and I discussed this a little bit, and we have very different views on it. I had never seen it before. Um, I hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like. There is no easy way to say it. Like, there are some movies that I'm like, I can think. I I would not have thought it possible for the idea of a time loop movie, a war movie, um, both of those things in in a sci-fi movie, all three of those things in one to be with put no together. Emotional... What's that? I said with no emotional stakes. <laughs> right, right. To to be boring. I was honestly just bored through most of this movie, like because it has the war element. You expect you expect some action. Um, because it has the time loop elements, you ex- you expect like a lesson learned, and because it's sci-fi, you expect some maybe science or or interesting concepts. But it's literally splashed with alien blood equals time loop. <laughs> Just get a blood transfusion, and then you you get to skip realities and play in your mech suit again, and hopefully get it right this time. Right. Right. And and the solution to getting out of the loop is if you get injured and other people find you and give you a blood transfusion, you're out of the loop, time loop now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. what was it? Uh, when it first initially came out, it was like, God, it's great to see uh, mechs, mech suits fighting uh, tribal tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the aliens are just, yeah, they're, they're kind of ridiculous. They're... They look like the the uh, robots from the Matrix. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's just it's. I don't know. I I would love Will if you have anything good to say about this, but I I don't. I honestly I I'm only bringing this up because it is another version of this time loop thing. But it yeah. also I never I never watched it before we were doing the show, and I never would have thought. And in fact, I said this to Jen, I had not seen a bad time loop movie before I saw this. <laughs> Honestly, it's like pizza, man. Um, you got different variations of types. This is like the pizza you just throw in the oven and it's a, you're, it's okay. You have it on the tombstone, background. A tombstone <laughs> yeah. or a red baron. A jack. Yeah, it'll get you by. A Totino's party pizza. There you <laughs> go. You know what though? There is now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna argue about the movie, but I'll argue about Totino's. Totino's (laughs) has this like little sweetness that I don't know. I it it has a taste all of its own, is what I'll say for Totino's, and I do like it. But like, I could not tell you the difference between a Jack's, a Red Baron, or a Tombstone. 
But I can tell you the taste of a Totino's. I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know what more there is to say about it tomorrow. <laughs> Why didn't we just get the Emily Blunt, Blunt story instead of just the Tom Cruise thing? Right? That seems like it would have been way more interesting. I mean, okay, this was someone... sequentially looking at the, the years that these timelet movies happened that we're talking about. Um, this would be the first one that explores someone that, that got out of the time loop guiding somebody that came into it. Yeah. Which, okay, interesting concept, somehow still failed. <laughs> yeah. Maybe because it's, maybe because there was like, it didn't feel like it was issuing out any kind of emotional weight to it. Right. Right. It had stakes. It had the entire world's stakes, but like emotionally, there was no change of the characters <laughs> or of, yeah, anything really. Also, I don't, I don't remember Tom Cruise. Sorry. I don't remember Tom Cruise or his character, whatever his name is, uh, going through like that depressive, nothing fucking matters. I can't get it right. Scenario. He wants to throw the goddamn remote control of his life against the wall. Yeah, no, everything, everything was, uh, because it starts with him basically getting, uh, sent off like he was the PR guy for the war and he gets sent to basically fight in the war because a general that didn't like him or Colonel that didn't like him changed his records to say that he was uh, 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 a deserter and that he had been enlisted in the actual fighting area of the military. Like why, why all of that? Yeah. Come on, and honestly, if it was that gun. time, yeah, he's he's a rebel, Dottie. A loner. And honestly, uh, go ahead. Oh no, go right ahead. And honestly, if you're going with that concept, why don't you just do a completely different actor than Tom Cruise? Like somebody you know you could play around with, somebody like I don't know in his twenties or his yeah, 30s. Or, yeah, big action stuff. <laughs> right, but they didn't even have that much action in the movie. Yeah. Well, you like he said, he's getting old. <laughs> I hate Tom Cruise, so I have nothing good to contribute to this. It just well, looks like video game respawn the movie to me. <laughs> I mean, it kind of was. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it kind of was, but I just, uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to something that uh, that is near and dear to me, and that is the horror genre. Yeah. Um, I've got two here, uh, and I'm going to start with one that's a Severely unconventional uh, time loop idea, and that is The Final Girls. Um, for those listening who have not seen it, The Final Girls it starts with um, a mother and a daughter, and the mother was in a 1980s slasher flick, and like it's what she's known as as an actress, and she's still auditioning, and people still recognize her for this, and they get in a car accident, and the mother dies. Um, and a, a year later, the daughter is invited to a screening of the mom's famous movie um, and goes to it, uh, basically because she's getting paid. Um, there is a fire in the theater. They go through the screen, uh, you know, uh, last action hero style, and end up in the movie. So while it. it is a time loop, it it is also them stuck in a 1980s slasher movie 
that resets every 92 minutes because that's how long it takes for the movie <laughs> to go through. Um, Son of time. <laughs> right. Um, they only really explore the whole time loop idea once because they don't get in the van that the camp counselors are using to go to the camp. Um, and then, oh no, I'm sorry, twice, because then they time it after the second time it happens and figure out it's the exact runtime of the movie. Then they go through it. They really don't explore the whole time loop thing, but I'm, I'm explaining it because it at least used a little bit of that idea uh, and because it is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Uh, I love this movie. I just think it's fun. And there is a scene that has an Adderall strip tease and everyone <laughs> should see it. Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but the real one, the real horror movie that I want to discuss is Happy Death Day. Um, which, uh, of our four, how many have seen it? I have. I've um, seen it. And okay. I, I fucking love it as a concept. Yeah. Um, so it's it's somebody's birthday. They wake up. They're reliving their birthday every day. But it also happens to be the day that they die over and over and over again, which is awesome. Um, the science for this one, there's none in the original. You have to wait until the sequel to find out why. And I want to go around and talk about that. I think it worked for that reason. It, it, it's on a college campus. There's a bunch of things, but much like Groundhog Day, you don't know in the first one why she's in a loop. Honestly, since I, I haven't watched Happy, Happy Death Day to you, and they haven't, I don't know the explained concept yet for why the loops occur during the first one, I thought it was because like it was also her mom's birthday the exact same day, and maybe it was like, I don't know, some paranormal energy trying to keep her alive or something like that. Yeah, I too have not seen the sequel, but I did see the first one and absolutely loved it. So um, I will not spoil anything then uh, because you should see the sequel. It is, it is as if watching Happy Death Day and then Happy Death Day to you, there is no loss in quality. So it's one of the few sequels that it basically is like watching a four-hour version of the movie that you liked the first time. Nice. Well, well I'm fucking sold. All right. I'll check yeah, that out. it is. It is awesome. But there, a lot of what goes on is the explanation for why the first loop happened. And mm -hmm. in this one, it's one of the first times that multiple people are caught in the time loop at the same time. Oh, cool. Yikes. Yeah. So you have the person that's like, I've been here before. And then you have, I think it's three other people that are like, God damn it. <laughs> what is <laughs> happening right now? <laughs> uh, which is a really interesting concept. And especially in a horror movie. Um, I'm also going to take my shot right now and say PG-13 horror is not as bad as people say it is. There is absolutely room for PG-13 horror. Uh, this is a great example. If you've not seen Happy Death Day, and you're not a person that gets really into, you're always worried about the label of horror, saying that it's just going to be a bunch of gore and, and torture porn and whatever. You don't know what you're getting into. Happy Death Day is a brilliant movie. Like, if you need an R rating, then you're not that good of a horror writer. 
I mean, there are some legit great <laughs> horror movies that have the R rate, but yes. Oh, I'm not going to say that there aren't great R rated horror movies. I'm just going to say the idea that you need to have that to have great horror is ridiculous because you don't need to show to scare people. Some of the are what you don't see. You don't need to show the piece of glass going in the eye, please. We can right. stop. Well, that. that's the theory on the old. Uh, on the old Universal movies, the old Universal monster movies was Dracula lifted his cape up with both of his arms and moved in close, and then it cut to black. And the audience was filling in what happened with their own minds, which generally was a lot worse than whatever they could have put on film in those days. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Um, there are other examples, like Jen and I just went and saw Megan. Um, Megan, I know why it was a PG-13 movie. I really wish there was an R cut. Mm. Um, for certain, certain plot elements that they really could have stretched out with an R rating. Um, but anyway, happy, happy death day. Uh, great use of the concept to make it a horror movie. It's the person dying over and over and over again. Uh, I had never seen that kind of concept before, and I... I just think it's the next progression um, of this idea. Also, what I really enjoyed with Happy Death Day was, um, hey, she can't hang out in this time loop for very long because it's starting to really physically fuck her up internally, even though her outsides are fine. Like, I think there was that sequence where the doctor had done some x-rays and was like, you, you should be dead. have this much trauma. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, that is that is in my notes, and I totally skipped over it with my eyes. Uh, this is the only time loop movie that I've seen that does that. Right. It's the only one where the body is affected. Uh, and so I would argue maybe this is the only true time travel time loop movie. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Because while the body is healing when it uh, wakes up the next day, it's healing like Wolverine style where there are still breaks, there are still, like, trauma that you can see that the body is undergone. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, her body's going to hurt like a motherfucker when she's in her 50s. <laughs> and this is oh. another example of a great time movie that also features comedy that helps you get through both the horror and just the general horror of being stuck in a time loop mm -hmm. in this movie. But the comedy really makes it work, too. Also, like, the social dynamics, the the scriptwriters did a good job in the social dynamics between like her being a sorority girl yeah and then she like she's at this certain mindset in her life and then she starts fucking waking up and without making any of the characters seem more like characters than actual fully fleshed out people yeah right i mean i i think the only uh uh exception to that rule is the sorority sister that's like the uh horrible like you're we're not eating carbs. Them. Yeah. <laughs> there has to be a reason that that uh, general prejudice is out there, right? Right. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. So moving on from uh, Happy Death Day is one that was new to me, new to Jen, and I think was new to both of you. That's Boss Level. Yeah. Which is the action movie <laughs> uh, version of a time loop movie. And boy, howdy was it. Yeah, it was it was actiony. It was, and it was it was so weird. 
And at first I was just like, I just, I don't think I like this at all. But I, I actually, it's still, I wouldn't say it's good. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's good, but it was, it was fun. Like an action movie should be. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Yeah. Thanks. There were some parts that honestly really, really just killed me comedically. Although I, I didn't understand the changing of the names in Egyptian mythology. That was like weird for me. But <laughs> the yeah. girl calling herself Guan Yin, literally like the Buddhist goddess of mercy, a bodhisattva as an assassin, that was fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have done this thing. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, again, uh, for people who have not seen it, it is uh, an action movie where the person wakes up in the morning every day with bunches of people trying to kill him like the the weird anime goon squad of assassins literally like trying to kill him uh and then you have to explore with him why these things are happening um the science actually is science there's a macguffin machine in which several parts of his dna had to be loaded into to uh to loop him but also this is a machine that at the toward the end of the day, will destroy the universe. Uh, this is also the only time that I've seen the space-time continuum destroyed where you can still go back and stop it. So it's like the universe is destroyed, but not time? Did you guys get anything from that? Because that was weird to me. I started to think about it, and then I thought about the whole how this happened to begin with and how the science was very hand-wavy at best. And I figured they hadn't really thought about it. Yeah. Okay. No, that's completely fair. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like there was an effort, but it was a half-ass at best effort to kind of be like, oh, yeah. Probably should explain. Or anything to be like, what are the physics of time travel? No. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, But a fun movie. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, you know, fun and the idea of time loop in an action movie to try and give you muscle memory uh, was great. I, I thought that idea is fun because it's like playing a video game level over and over and over again, where you just instinctually know, okay, now I got to move to the left. Now I got to move over here. Now I got to do this. 360 no scope. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> honestly, how do you have clearly what is a superior martial arts master? right at your disposal and not use that right right well because yeah because he had been he had been a soldier and understood muscle memory i guess because that's something they teach in the military okay. i was kind of disappointed though that like he decided to learn sword skills it's like no why didn't you just ask me hey, like hey uh dai fang or michelle yo can you help me fight this lady she keeps killing me <laughs> Yeah, I think part of that was also to get give Michelle Yeoh, like, hey, Michelle Yeoh's interested in coming to this movie. Well, let's just write her more into this, you know, give her <laughs> more scenes because Michelle Yeoh. Um, also, there's the whole agency of the character thing, which uh, is done for men, but they really won't do it for women or reason. <sighs> the patriarchy. Also, she's outside the conflict, so it doesn't necessarily make much sense. That's true. He would have to convince her every day to go and fight assassins. Or better yet, she has, like, some kind of blood 
blood fucking feud with you know Guan Yi or whatever. That'd been fun. But, oh yeah, that yeah. would have been fun. Yeah, yeah. I am Guan Yi. Guan Yin. Guan Yin. Guan Yin. I have done this thing. I have done this shit. <laughs> uh, so any other thoughts on boss level? Um, I thought Frank Grillo had fun with the role. Uh, it was good to see Naomi Watts get get more work. Um, I can't take Will Sasso seriously as any kind of like tough guy bodyguard any anymore because I've watched too many Mad TV episodes where he's like, "I am my lasso wipo." <laughs> so and also as soon as Mel Gibson shows up, I'm just like. Uh, did we have to have Mel Gibson in this? Although if we had to have Mel Gibson in this, at least he's a villain. Yeah, but I'm just like, uh, just seeing Mel Gibson takes me out of the movie. Yeah, this is the second Mel Gibson movie I've seen this year. Uh, the other one is uh, Fat Man, uh, where he plays Santa Claus um, in a, another action movie. I mean, I'm oh, kind of... Don't celebrate. i'm kind of happy that he's relegated to these like direct to streaming roles you know if they're if they're entertaining yeah he's still working but at the same time he's gonna be still working because that's how the patriarchy works Mm -hmm. um but if he has to be still working at least he's not making a new lethal weapon or anything he's he's stuck in these direct to video things that I'm only seeing because I'm like, oh my God. Like in the same vein that we just watched a uh a movie with uh what did we just watch the And she's the Venner Sharon. No. I'm talking about the bad action movies that we've watched the last couple weeks. Oh God. We've watched so many of those. Dave Batista and uh Sylvester Stallone. Oh God. I love Dave <laughs> Batista. He's got such a good heart. Oh, I agree. But he was on his way up. <laughs> These other action movies are on, or action stars are on their way down. Uh, um, yeah, there's a series of of action movies called The Escape Room, or no, Escape Plan. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, the first one has Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Sylvester Stallone, and then the second and third ones have Sylvester Stallone and Dave Bautista, uh, and they are. Horrible but awesome. Um, and basically, there's a whole subset of these action movies that are direct to streaming uh, right now. And you know what? Mel Gibson can be right stuck in there. <laughs> I mean, he was a racist fuck, but he didn't kill a dude. Like, he didn't sexually assault anybody, but he was a racist fuck. You can mm-hmm. be in direct to streaming action movies for the rest of your career. Have fun. Get lost in the queue. Right, absolutely. So uh, the the last movie that I have uh, to discuss is arguably what I think is probably one of the most complex, um, and that is Palm Springs, um, which is on Hulu. Um, the only movie to start mid-loop uh, with a new person coming into the loop, and there are two people that are already in the loop, and the third person is our point of entry character. Yep, accurate. Uh, the science is a primordial cave. In my looking into this movie, I found out that a consultant for the script was real-life physicist Clifford Johnson, who was used 
throughout the script writing process and is also he cameos as the physicist in the movie that the character reaches out to. <laughs> Amazing. So this is an actual physicist that works on the theoretical ideas of how time works, working on a Hollywood movie. And you can honestly tell, but also without it being so bogged down by that, that it wasn't accessible. Agreed. 100% agreed. There is a lot of like physics talk in this, but it is done for the uh, benefit of the character development for one of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I should say, since I've done it for the others, for those who have not seen this movie, uh, it is a wedding that is taking place in Palm Springs uh, due to a seismic event because they're in California. It opens up a primordial cave, uh, and anyone that finds themselves going into the cave will start in a time loop. Um, so it starts to be like... Some people have been in there for a while. Some people have been there a little less. And then there's this new character. Um, the thing that I found interesting about it, though, is that they're not in, in individual time loops. They're all in the same loop, which I think is m- much more interesting because there's that shared, like, there's still a little bit of the nihilism, but there's, like, there's somebody there. And you kind of see that desperation coming through in how those relationships play out. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I um one of my I, weirdly, one of my favorite parts is like they're gonna crash headlong into a semi and the person that's been in the time loop longer is like, Okay, unbuckle their seatbelt and they're like, No, trust me, you want a quick death. You do not wanna just be sitting in pain in an ICU because death is temporary in this pain is very very real <laughs> which is something that wasn't explored as in depth in like groundhog day yeah they definitely glossed over that in groundhog day well, well he just and- mentions in his i am a god speech that he's like i've been burned i've been shot i've been stabbed and all these crazy things but he does mention like you know smelling his own skin as he's on fire right tasting in his mouth when he got shot in the head Ugh. So what did you guys think of Palm Springs? Loved it. I am disappointed that it took me this long to watch this movie. It is now my favorite time loop movie. Agreed. 100% agreed. It's so good. It, it's it got the comedy right. It's got uh, consequences of bringing other people into the loop right. Um, it has so many aspects. It is It is what I consider the next progression of the time loop movie. And I don't Sadly, I don't want to say that much about it because I want everyone to watch this movie. Yeah, it is quite good. And I do feel like it was kind of a sleeper. You know, I think a lot of people missed it. I will say I think it's interesting the way that the length of time that the characters have been stuck in the loop for kind of influences their ways of thinking because you have the, the newest character with maybe potentially the most hope eventually finding the impetus to get themselves out of the loop. And I wonder, you know, whether the two that had been there longer had just given up, if that was always an option, or if there was just something special about that character. But it ended up being beautiful. I think it was a little... They had to science the fuck out of it. (laughs) Right. I think it was a little column A and a little column B. Like, I think it, it it shows the different reactions 
to the to getting stuck in a time loop. It, it shows different people will have different reaction to how to things that happen to them, which is a super interesting way, uh, you know, to to uh, approach it. Um, you know, even earlier when we were talking about how long it would take each of us, you know, Will will never get to that nihilistic, nothing matters, I'm not going to hurt other people, uh, you know, that he can see. Oh, Ann and I I'll are both gonna... like, you'll get there eventually. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to the nothing matters, like, breakdown eventually, but I'm not going to be, like, I don't know, stabbing and punching people all the time. I don't think well, I'll get Ann, that crazy. Ann and I will get there. Uh, <laughs> and, and... <laughs> Stabbing and punching is really ineffective, though, if you can get your hands on a high-caliber weapon. <laughs> it's true. And if you can count people's steps, you can get into an armory. Uh, <laughs> There's one right here in town, Will. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just I would say uh, my personal recommendation, and my idea at the end of this was to, to ask everybody's number one, because mine, and Anne just said it too, is Palm Springs. I would say if you want to see this idea, this this time loop genre done to the best that I have seen, I would recommend Palm Springs. Not Russian Doll. Well, we're gonna talk about TV shows here in a second, but okay. uh oh, movies, yeah, Palm Springs, number one. Yep. Yeah, Palm Springs is definitely my number one, and I would say Groundhog Day is probably my number two. My number three, which we did not watch or discuss, is actually a Korean film called A Day. It's also just a beautiful example of the genre and the production quality on it's incredible. Uh, and it's about a father trying to save his daughter from dying in a car crash. So if anyone's interested in that, I did find out it is available free for streaming on Plex with ads, but um, it's, a, it's a very interesting contribution to the genre and something that is not from the Western world. Oh, that That is awesome. And yeah, I am, I am, fully ensconced in the Western media world. So I appreciate you bringing that. Uh, I, I may uh, travel out of my comfort zone and check that out. That sounds awesome. Um, the actors are incredible, so I recommend it. So there are also a lot of other uh, media uh, examples. Uh, I've got, well, I've got two and then a, a larger one. Uh, Russian Doll, which is on Netflix which is Natasha Leone, uh, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite actresses of all time. Um, there's the Supernatural episode, the Mystery Spot episode, uh, where Dean dies countless <laughs> times in funnier and funnier ways. Fucking food poisoning. <laughs> oh my God, the food poisoning was brilliant. The yeah, dog, uh, that sweet little golden retriever. Yeah. The piano falling on him. <laughs> Uh, and then every incarnation of Star Trek has a time, at least one time loop episode. Um, I guess except for Lower Decks. I don't think Lower Decks has had one yet, has it? Um, but if people have not seen Russian Doll, highly, highly recommended. Uh, the first season is time loop. Second season is more time travel. Um, we will, I'm sure, discuss it later in the show. Uh Man, what a ride. Uh, and again, Natasha Leone. So, any other thoughts on time loops? Um, since you're mentioning series episodes, I was going to mention Stargate SG-1, Window of Opportunity. 
Um, it's in season four, episode six. Uh, O'Neill and Teok uh, get stuck in a time loop scenario, and they have to keep convincing everybody that it's actually happening. Um, and also Teok uh, smashes a guy into a door. <laughs> And they don't just hand wave the convincing people over and over and over again. They actually go through how they yeah. have to. Okay. Yeah. They keep getting pulled in to like have their heads examined and stuff. They're like, you don't have to do the examination every time. Like he O'Neill legit says the doctor is like, what what exactly would be causing this in my eye? <laughs> Interesting. I never got into Stargate. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just that time in my life, but I never got into Stargate. Let's be real. There's a lot of content out there. You can't catch everything in the net of your attention span. It's limited. It's um, true. And my favorite part of that episode, though, is they start fucking around. O'Neill starts uh, learning how to uh, do clay pots. Um, and they're also learning how to learn Latin <laughs> from Jackson. And Tiok and O'Neill decide to turn on the Stargate and they start playing golf with it. Like they start trying to <laughs> just play some golf. And then the commanding officer starts yelling at him and he says, in the middle of my backswing, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, other than that, that's the only series I can really think of that have time loop scenarios besides tar Star Trek, like you mentioned. Yeah. It's a supernatural episode. That's probably the most direct send up to Groundhog Day that we've oh, seen yeah. just with the alarm clock and, you know, a different song, but still an annoying song. Oh, particularly yeah. Particularly the more you do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, that that whole episode was a brilliant homage to uh, to Groundhog Day beginning to end. Um, and, and, you know, Sam getting just more and more. Only like, more heartbreaking at the end because the lesson that he's supposed to learn from it is Dean's going to die. No matter yeah. what you do, Dean is going to die. Yeah. Uh, well, Supernatural in general, like all of uh, these goofy, goofy-ass episodes that always end with some lesson that you're like, oh, oh. except for a racist truck. Fuck racist truck. Racist, racist truck was a dumb episode. episode. <laughs> that was better than that was worse than the bug episode and that's saying a lot it is it is saying a lot racist truck and bugs i can tell true supernatural fans because those are the ones that they always pull out so bad uh well uh man this is, brings us to the end of our first episode and i guess it's time to reveal our uh top five time travel movies that we will be doing throughout this series, huh? Yeah. Uh, starting with our next episode, uh, we're going to do the probably most known time travel movie of all time, and that is Barney McFly. We're going to go back to the future. Um, our theme done by I Fight Dragons is a, uh, is a remake of the... Uh, Power of Love, done by Huey Lewis in the News, that features prominently. Um, originally, I had the uh, Huey Lewis saying, you guys are just too darn loud. Uh, but unfortunately, um, it is hard to get a really good audio version of him saying that, because he's saying it through a loudspeaker. Oh, yeah. So instead, we went with the classic, uh, you know, quote from the movie. Um, 
So we're going to do Back to the Future. Um, for the first time for me, I don't know about for Jen or, or Anne, but uh, Will has brought to the table the Time Machine from 1960, the H.G. Wells uh, done movie. Uh, I've never seen it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and then we're going to do the arguably time loop and time travel movie, 12 Monkeys, um, following that up with Butterfly Effect, and then ended on a high note with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And uh, the things that we're going to be analyzing um, every movie is how entertaining it was, how the science works, and its overall effect in our estimation to the space-time continuum. Mm. Uh, so yeah, uh, any any excitement? Any any I you know anything anybody's really looking forward to? Well, before we talk about that, I just want to Anne actually mentioned Hi. mentioned a movie. I asked her to like write up a list of time loop movies she's enjoyed. Oh yeah, yeah the 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 one you mentioned. Then I was like, oh my god, I forgot. I forgot about it. I already mentioned. It. Oh, you already mentioned Run R Lola Run. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie. It is yeah. a great movie. That was maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Was Run Lola Run a time loop or was it an alternate reality movie? See, they never explain it. Yeah. So I feel like it could count as a time loop, although it doesn't have the same. Yet again, like where we talked about the final girls, it doesn't have them repeating the loop enough times to have it be like a whole thing because it only I think runs through it maybe three times. I yep. think it's three. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. Like there were a bunch of those. Run Lola Run, um, Sliding Doors, um, some of those that I'm like. Sliding Doors at least advertised it itself as an alternate reality. Right. Right. But that's the other thing is. Could alternate reality movies done in that sense just be time loop? Well, mm -hmm. uh, okay, okay. Does Lola know iteration to iteration ah. what has happened in the previous one? Gotcha. It's been a long time since I've seen it, so I can't. Yeah, same. I know, I know, same. I, and that's that's going to stick with me, and I'm probably going to now watch it this week. Hey, everybody, yeah. uh, if you have a question, or if you watch Lola Run, Lola Run and you want to, uh, you know, educate uh, us, educate us uh, graphicallynovel at gmail.com. Get in the comments. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Get in the comments. Uh, <laughs> man, that's that's a good one, though. Run, Lola Run is a great movie. Um, and I guess in order for it to be a time loop and not an alternate reality you would need to keep at least something from the previous loop, right? Right. Whether it be knowledge, an object, something. I'd say the thing that prevents us from exploring that probably fully is also just the fact that even if she were to remember things, there's not enough time to like fully ingrain it because she's already on a very tight time schedule to begin with. So right. she wouldn't even have time to reevaluate her actions that much just given the nature of the time constraint she's under. It's true. It's very true. Oh, that's a good question. Well, that's, that's a, that's a great uh, cliffhanger on this episode is, is run Lola run an alternate reality movie or is it a time loop movie? Mm. And on that note, did everybody have a great time? <laughs> oh yeah. That was awesome. Fun. Yeah. 
yeah, please join us uh, next time. when We will be discussing Back to the Future. Uh, but until then, uh, again, a big thank you uh, to Brian and I Fight Dragons for giving us the permission to use their, uh, their cover of Power of Love uh, for our theme. And you're going to hear it in its entirety right now. Have a good one. It's tougher than diamonds
the love. 